right. Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim. And our guest today is Sean O'Brien. So, Sean, if you want to tell us a little bit, you know, what your role is and where you're located. Sure. Yeah. My role uh, today is I, I am the vice president of franchise development for Diesel Barbershop. Diesel Barbershop is kind of a hip, cool, re-emerging brand in the hair care space. Um, we've got 28 locations throughout the U.S. Um, we, we started in San Antonio, Texas, and our founder, Shane Brown, started with his own shops. And then since then, we started franchising in 2017, and we're at 28 shops in total right now. So I'm responsible for growing our franchise business, adding franchise units. Awesome. So in terms of finding franchise owners, like how do you find them? Do you vet them? Like what, what, what do you look for for a franchise owner? Yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, we, we do all different types of marketing, right? A lot of, um, uh, you know, we work with social media. We work with, um, I mean, you, you name it, we're, we're doing it today, um, tapping into all different types of resources. But one of the things that's important to us at Diesel is that we have um, individuals that are passionate about people, right? Because when you're in the hair care industry, it's all about the people that are behind the chair and the people that are in the chair and making sure that you're providing them with an experience that is unforgettable because that's how our style, we call them cutters within our shops, but that's how they make a living, right? Is to get those clients to come back to the shop. So we want to make sure that we find people that are passionate about leading teams and developing people, um, but also have um, the drive and the motivation to, to build their own business because it's really important, obviously within the franchise, people want to run their own business. And this, we give them kind of the framework to be able to do that. And we help to support them to make sure that they're successful in building their business. That's awesome. So I guess if somebody's going to um, run a franchise, do they have to be licensed and be a hair care professional themselves, or how does that work? Great. Another great question. No, you don't. Um, the great thing about um, diesel barbershops is you do not have to be a licensed cosmetologist or a licensed barber. But what you you do have to have licensed cosmetologists and licensed barbers behind the chair doing the work in your shop. In fact, all of our franchisees, um, to my knowledge, are not licensed. Um, but again, anybody who's going to be touching someone's hair within one of our barbershops has to be either a licensed cosmetologist or a licensed barber. But you don't have to be as the owner. Okay. So like when you're interviewing somebody that wants to open up a franchise, like what are you like? I'm sure you obviously are not taking everybody, right? But like what specifically the top qualities that you look for like what that, that really like like this person's going to be successful i'm sure you probably may have had people that you've brought on it didn't work out like uh, like what have you learned from that as well if you could share with us i think that really what we're looking for is to ensure success in our our future franchisees is that they're committed to the business right and one thing that's important to us at diesel is that our franchisees are willing to make the commitment to the business and it's it's not out of the gates, it's absolutely not a passive business. Um, if you, you know, so you have to invest the time, and you have to work on the business out of the gates and get the business up and running. And then over time, you can start to move further away. Make sure that you have managers in the shop to run the day-to-day -day business, and you'll have the opportunity then to work on the business. So what we're looking for is people that are willing to make that commitment. Um, in the business and and want to see people succeed and help to support people grow um, within within their shop. Um, we're looking for people that you know want to kind of do their own thing. They they maybe want to step away from the corporate um, 
whatever you want to call it, corporate business, so to speak, and want to go off and do their own thing. So we're looking for people. But it, it's also important to us that people understand part of being in a franchise system is that you you have to follow the system. And we know for a fact that if you follow the system, system it you will be successful. Um, but we've outlined Shane Brown took years putting together a system. He took all the hard hits um, and, and, and saw what worked, saw what didn't work. And when he started franchising and rolled it out, it was imperative that when we brought people on board, that they were willing to, to get in the system and follow the system. So they got to be willing to follow the system. They got to be willing to help and develop people. And they got to be willing to put the time into the business to make it successful. Yeah, that, that's really important. So I guess, can you share about your role, right? So before you, um, I mean, obviously you mentioned that he was not always, that you guys were not always doing um, franchising. So I guess, were you involved with the company before that? Or what was your role before, um, you know, this franchising started at Diesel Barbershop? Yeah, so I came to Diesel in January of 2023. So I'm relatively new to Diesel. I've been here now, what, just over seven months. And prior to Diesel, I was um, with an organization selling um, high-end RC, uh, cars, boats, planes, the largest manufacturer of RC. I want to say toys, but they're not necessarily toys when we're talking about the stuff that we sold. Um, and we sold all over the world. So prior, I was running a sales organization. Um, and I had an off offices in Germany, office in Champaign, Illinois was our co corporate office. And then I also had um, offices in California. So I led a sales organization prior to that. And then prior to that, I was actually in the hair care industry for about three and a half years um, for the largest franchise organization in the hair care industry. Um, I was running about 600 hair salons for that organization. Wow. So I guess, how did you get started, like in your career? Like, you know, like, how did you, you know, early in your career, did you always aspire to kind of, you know, be in hair care? I mean, you were in this, you've been in this industry for a long time. It's like, how did you kind of get into that or even get started in this industry? Well, I, I'm going to go back a little bit further. Um, so, you know, when I was going to school, I, I started in the fitness industry and I was actually working in a, a fitness store just a salesperson in a fitness store. I was very passionate about fitness. Um, so for me, it was easy to talk to people about the benefits of exercise equipment and fitness. So I started in the fitness industry while finishing up my college degree, finished up, um, had an opportunity to grow with that organization, moved into a management role, um, never planned to get into retail. It was never my lifelong plan that, hey, my desire is I'm going to jump in and get spend my career in retail. Lo and behold, I, I ended up with this organization, progressed through the ranks of the organization, grew to a vice president with the organization, grew the organization from eight. We had eight stores when I started, um, grew to over 100 plus stores, 80 stores and bounced back and forth from there. So as part of the growth team that helped to build that organization. And then from there, uh, that organization was sold, uh, moved into another retail position with a large big box retailer. Then from there, moved into collegiate retailing. So spent a long time in college bookstores, running college bookstores. Um, so each one of these opportunities was within what, what's called a four-walled environment, uh, ensuring sales and operations within those environments. Um, so I just progressed from different organizations and in different industries all the skill sets that worked in one industry were transferable in others. So I moved on and ultimately landed in hair care 
um, with that franchise organization. And honestly, it was uh, it was probably one of the my favorite industries. The people are unbelievably passionate. They're great people. They care about their clients. Um, and just working with those people, um, they're very artistic people, obviously. Um, spending time with them, getting to know them, just was kind of what brought me um, to the industry originally. Loved it, and that's what brought me back into the industry. So it's the it's the people within this industry that make it special and unique and and very very fun to be in. That's really cool. So you mentioned that you're talking about being an organization and sales and operations and being a part of growth, right? So I guess what like how are you able to achieve growth? Like when you're expanding in any company, it's like what specifically are the main kind of things that that yeah, any entrepreneur, any business you know leader should look at when they're thinking about expansion that I guess maybe some people tend to forget when they're growing and scaling their their company. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that um, the different organizations that I worked for, two different ones that grew quite significantly, um, you know, we saw underserved markets and said, hey, th this is where we have an opportunity to have an impact within that market. Um, Either there was no competition, very little competition, or poor competition. So, identifying those weaknesses within the market and identifying opportunities within the market is what we pursued. Um, and then from there, obviously, we would go and assess the market and say, "Yep, this is going to work." Open a unit, um, and then you know, continue to look for those types of opportunities throughout the country and growing within those opportunities. Um, that's kind of the things that we we looked for. So it's, um, we, you know, and then it, it just depends. I mean, getting the right people and the right opportunities um, within those within those markets is the other piece that we look for as well. Um, because obviously if we're gonna grow, we gotta have people. Um, and then it was a real estate play too. So we also, you know, it was uh, making sure that we were able to find the right real estate um, in those given markets that would drive the results that we were striving for. Cool, cool. Uh, so, by the way, is it possible for Dan for Dan to uh, book a slot directly from the online play platform? You know, he's talking about the barber shop. Like, I think the barber shop. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of pivoting. So, in terms of like, how are clients? I guess you know, because we're a tech company, so we always ask these like, technical questions. So, in terms of like, how are customers booking today? Are they calling in? Are they booking from the website? Do you guys have like a mobile app? Like. What is the best way for customers to be able to book appointments? And I guess even, I think at least a pain point for me is I forget to book my next appointment, right? So I guess like yeah. even booking that like next appointment, is that something that you have like a subscription saying, hey, I booked it on this day of the month. I'm going to book again in a month from now. Yeah. So one of the things that um, you can obviously book, you can book through our website. You can go in and book from there. Um, but one of the things that's really important is that once we get a client into one of our shops, we get them in the chair, they receive their service, we ensure that they had a great experience, right then and there, we rebook. And we take that opportunity to talk to the client in the chair and say, okay, you know, I would recommend based on your hair that you get your hair cut or, or whatever, your beard trimmed, whatever that looks like, you know, every two to three weeks, why don't we go ahead and just rebook that next appointment for you? We'll see you in two weeks. And so a lot of the rebooking process does happen in the chair, so to speak, um, to get those clients to come back. But we do have access, yes, through our website. You can book an appointment through the website and things such as that. That's smart. Yeah, because I, yeah, I really think it's a huge pain point. Yeah, Cosmo, go ahead. 
Oh, thank you, Dan. So, what are the platforms for you? Uh, what are the platform for your barbershop uh, where you do online marketing? Let's... So, our online marketing, like we would do Google ads um, for mm -hmm. for the barbershop or for for the, the barbershop for the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess just for franchise owners, right? Like, do they each have like their own Instagram page or Facebook page like, for that location? Like, how are they, you know? getting like the word out or like connecting with people in their markets. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, they would have like Facebook page, they would have LinkedIn um, and they would be leveraging both of those um, to get clients into their shop. They do a lot of what we would consider to be guerrilla marketing. For example, if they're in a strip center, they might go out and uh, yeah, I hate to say this, but put things on the, the, you know, the windshield as an example or, or things like that. Or if they're walking through the mall and they, you know, they, they pass somebody, they may hand out something to them or they're at a restaurant, um, you know, have that opportunity. So there's a lot of kind of grassroots, you know, guerrilla marketing that they would do to help to draw in new customers. Um, but every one of them, I believe, has a like a Facebook presence and a lot leveraged LinkedIn as well. Um, to help to draw in clients from that as well. And plus it's word of mouth. I mean, if you think about the the salon industry or barbershop industry in general, hair care industry, is that if you go in and you have a great experience at your stylist, at your barber, and somebody's talking to you about their haircut, you're going to be pretty quick to say, hey, look at, check out Susie. She's phenomenal. Great service. She spends the time with you. She listens. And that's how it, that's how they grow their business within the shop. And that's how they start to build clients. It's a lot, a lot of word of mouth that happens. Oh, that's amazing. So I guess in the hair care industry, it's a very crowded space, right? So how does diesel differentiate themselves from their competition? Because I think that there's a lot of high-end barbershops. Some are better than others. But like, what is diesel's USP that makes them better? And I hate to use this coin phrase, but it's it's our it's our customer slash client service, right? I mean, our the way we train our cutters, again, cutters are barbers and stylists. It's kind of the generic term that we use that combines the two. Um, the way that they're trained and part of our process is ensuring that the experience that their clients have is different than anything else that they've had in any other barbershop. I mean, and there's a lot of little things that they would do that the hot towel, the the neck massage. Right. But I think more importantly than that is they actually are, are trained to listen. Right. We've all gone in. Well, I'll speak for myself, gone in and got a haircut and it just the, the stylist or the barber just didn't listen. They did what they thought was best for you, um, opposed to actually listening to what you wanted done that you knew was best for you because you had a million different haircuts. So we do a lot to ensure that the, the experience that the clients have when they're in the shop is different from anywhere else. We give them a beer like this is this is their opportunity to escape. It's like I, I hate to use this term because, again, so much generic. It's a spot day for for guys like go in there, hang out, have a beer, watch your sport sporting event on the TV. You got some rock and roll music playing in the background. You've got that kind of edgy vibe. It's the old school record store, the old school video tattoo parlor. It. It's hip, it's cool, it's fun, and it's a great experience. That's why people continuously come back, and that's how we continuously build new clients in our shops. That's really cool. So I guess in the next three to six months, like what is priority number one for diesel from the franchise and growth side of things? I mean, add shops, right? I mean, we we want to we want to add more shops. Um, we want to get more franchisees. 
Um, we're, we're very confident in our, in our concept. We believe it's different than anything else out there. And, you know, I think that once people come on board and they see what we're all about, um, I think they're, they're going to come on board. So I, I think that for us, it's growth. Just add in more franchisees over the next three, six, 12 months, whatever that looks like. So if someone's listening to this and if they want to be a franchisee, what do they need in terms of capital investment? And what and how much would they like just on average could they make being a franchisee at Diesel? Yeah, so I, I I can speak to the first part of the question. The second part, um, I'd have to share a document and have a longer conversation. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it, it, it the first part though, just so you, you know, I mean, it's um, in order to to get into a diesel barbershop, we do have some financial requirements. The first one is that they have to have a net worth of a half a million. And then second, we are looking for people that have liquid capital of 120,000. And both, the, both of those are really important um, to us and to the individual, right? Number one is we wanna make sure that they have the capital to be able to support the business, you know, getting the business off the ground. Not all businesses come out of the gates, you know, super, super strong. So you have to make sure that you have the capital to be able to support that going forward. Um, and then also the, the net worth does show stability. It shows that obviously they've been able to acquire that and maintain that. And for us, that's important, um, you know, as they're picking up one of our franchises, because the last thing that we would want is for somebody to come on and be undercapitalized and not be able to keep the business moving and moving forward. So, I mean, that, that we have those two financial requirements. Um, the average franchise total cost um, is somewhere in the, about, call it for round purposes, 350 to 450, 350,000 to 450. That would include that uh, franchise fee. Our franchise fee um, is now 45,000. So that number would include that franchise fee of 45,000, includes all the build-out costs, and it does include some working capital for the first few months of business. Um, so call it between 350, 450. Um, and I mean, that's it. As far as what you can make, it that's dependent on the individual. I mean, as I said in the very beginning here, if you're willing to invest the time in the business, and focus on the business in the beginning, you're gonna be successful within a diesel barbershop franchise system. Um, and what success looks like depends on the individual, depends on the market, depends on what they're doing. So it's it's difficult to come out and say, hey, you can make X or you can make Y, because it, it purely, purely depends on what the individual puts into it. If you put the time and effort into it, we've got franchisees that are doing really well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And like you mentioned, it's a great business model. So okay, I could definitely see people. I mean, it, like even for me, like it just, you know, it makes me want to go there right now and get a haircut. It just seems like a really good vibe. So I guess just to wrap it up, if somebody, you know, wants to be in your position, like what is the number one piece of advice? Because obviously you've, you know, you've been a vice president, you've been in a lot of senior roles. Like what's the number one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self about how you could, you know, if, you know, where to get to where you are, today yeah i mean that's always kind of like the million dollar question if you will right i i'd like to say that it's um it's hard work and it's consistency um and it's it's uh it's never given it's never losing right like i, I i'm extremely competitive whether that's on the sales side operations so it, it's it's having that drive um and that ambition to continue to move forward and not not getting stagnant and and don't don't let um, don't let obstacles stand in your way. Figure out a way around them, over them, or through them. And I think that that's to me, from my perspective, and my I shouldn't say it many many years of career, too many years. 
um, you know, that's kind of the approach that I've taken. Um, and, you know, it's, it's done well for me up until this point. Well, that's amazing. Well, Sean, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. I learned a lot and I wish you the best luck. And I really hope that diesel expands even more in the next couple of years, lots and lots of new franchisees and I'm rooting for you guys. So yeah. Thanks again for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.